This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. It is a magnificent football Monday. It is You Better You Bet. It's Nick Costos, it's Ken Barkley, and it's you here with us on the BetQL Network. Simulcast by our friends at Stadium for the next two hours. So if you're watching us on Stadium right now, we appreciate you. We got two hours of badass wagertainment coming your way. Getting you set to bet and win on Championship Sunday in the National Football League and on tonight's slate in the NBA. Coming up in 20 minutes, we'll be joined by our friend Alex Christensen, a.k.a. Noops from FTN Bets and Bets US. Noops will break down tonight's NBA slate. All things betting on the association with Alex Christensen. He'll join us in 20 minutes. The whale capper Drew Dinsick from NBC Sports stops by next hour. We'll talk Championship Sunday. Maybe a little NBA. Maybe a little Australian Open betting as well with our friend Drew Dinsick, the whale capper. 40 minutes from now, Ken and I will begin our preview of Championship Sunday. We'll talk, obviously, the Chiefs and the Ravens. We will talk the Lions and the 49ers. I've got some borderline irrational takes on how this NFC Championship game is going to play out. We can't wait for it. And then Power Hour, Final Hour, will feature all our bets for tonight's action in the NBA, the NHL, and college basketball. But joining us right now to kick off the fun and frivolity on our stadium two hours here on this magnificent Football Monday, one of our absolute favorite guests, one of my favorite follows on Twitter, one of the sharpest minds out there breaking down the National Football League, our buddy Eric Eager from Sumer Sports, co-host of the, uh, the Sumer Sports Football Show, along with former Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov, who's uh, represented by my and Ken's agent. His name's Tim Scanlon. He's a swell guy. Eric is on Twitter, at Eric Eager underscore. Double E, welcome back to You Better You Bet. It's Nick and Ken. How's it going? Another year, another Chiefs appearance in the AFC Championship game. I can't complain. Yeah, it's only, it's all right. it's only a half dozen. That's that's cool. <laughs> just, it's only like it's only like every year. Uh, we were talking off air a little bit about this, Eric, and I I guess we're going to kind of be fall victim to the same thing that a lot of other shows have today, which is like the Chiefs are awesome, and we're going to talk about them a lot, and we have talked about them a lot, but also the Bills and like what is this going to be going forward? Like, are there changes that can be made where this actually becomes a rivalry where the Bills can win in the postseason and actually make this? you know, not as one-sided as it's been in the playoff games. Do you do you think Sean McDermott's the coach next year? How up against it do you think Buffalo is if they, they want to try to repeat this thing? Yeah, it's tough, you know. And, you know, the, the top three cap hits for the Bills next year are Josh Allen, uh, Stephon Diggs, and Von Miller. Uh, Diggs at 27.8 million, 13 consecutive games this year without a 100-yard performance. And Von Miller at 14 games, you know, 24 million. Uh, approximately Von Miller 14 games this year without a sack both guys if you cut them pre-June 1 would be 31 and 32 million dead cap 
Uh, so you have to keep them. And, and I think that that's like really like the hard part when you think about these teams is it's not like you can't shed these guys, right? That they're in a team that's gone all in on some older guys. And so you kind of have to like pray that this, that what they've gone all in on kind of reverses a little bit and that they can sort of draft and, and reverse some of this aging, which I'm just not going to buy into. Um, I, I like Sean McDermott a lot. I think he does a lot of smart things. Uh, obviously, you know, no one likes the the Al Qaeda speeches and stuff, of course. Um, but I think ultimately he's turned this franchise around. But you know, Tony Dungy needed a John Gruden. Uh, you know, um, Andy Reid. You know, needed to leave Philadelphia, even though he was a great coach there. You know, it's probably you know I wouldn't fault them if they if they moved on. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what the Pagulas do. Do you think, Eric, that the Bills will move on from Sean McDermott? And if they do, who is the ideal coach to get the Bills to where they want to be? Slaying the dragon, wearing number 15 in red, getting to and winning the first Super Bowl in franchise history. I, I think it's Jim Harbaugh in a weird way. Um, and And I also think that you know, that is why. So you've looked at this like kind of triangle of leverage that's been going on where, you know, Belichick is interviewed for the Falcons and Jim Harbaugh is interviewed for the the Chargers. And I think like a, a reasonable person would assume that those two jobs are spoken for. But then last week we were all waiting for Dallas to kind of melt down and Philly to melt down and for those two rich owners to kind of put their bid in and then they didn't. And then, you know, if, and then Buffalo kind of sprung up. And again, those two men are not spoken for here. And so maybe that's it for, for Jim Harbaugh. But people, like, I don't think people are realizing that when Harbaugh went to San Francisco, Mike Singletary had not done a good job of coaching that San Francisco team. But that team was loaded when Jim Harbaugh got there. You know, you had Navarro Bowman, you had Patrick Willis, you had uh, Dante Whitner, you had, you know, Justin Smith, um, you know, Joe Staley, Vernon Davis, you know, Michael Crabtree. That team was loaded. And so the turnaround was pretty easy. I, I don't think that Jim Harbaugh really wants to go to a place where he has to rebuild. And the Bills are kind of a perfect place where you can go, where you already have a ready-made quarterback the Chargers have a ready-made quarterback, but they don't have a ton of talent. The Bills have more talent. So to me, that might be the place. Obviously, Belichick going there would, would make some sense too, but I, the, within division seems to me like it would be a tough pill for everybody to swallow. So I, I think Harbaugh would be the one that makes a lot of sense. That's like a really, really interesting answer there. Good recall on famous 49ers players from the Jim Harbaugh. I know it wasn't that long ago, but just like, well, I did this guy and this guy. As you're doing it, I'm like, man, they did have all those guys. That was pretty great. Harbaugh, I think, won Coach of the Year, like his first. I think they approved like nine games when he took over. And Mike right Singletary away. going 5-11 and 11 with that team is, is, a, is something else, huh? That, Can't do it. Can't win with them. Can't, Can't with coach them. Well, you know what? You know what he wanted, Eric? He, he wants people that want to win. As opposed to like the opposite, you want to be people that want to win. Um, let's, let's talk about let's talk about Patrick Mahomes a little bit, which is like because he is deserving of being being talked about. This AFC Championship game, and we'll go through both games and kind of get your full thoughts on them. I, I said in the first hour, like, man, if you thought beating Buffalo at Buffalo was awesome and like a huge accomplishment, then this is going to be something. Like, I I don't know how they're going to do it. 
Baltimore is so good. <laughs> they're just awesome. And maybe you don't think they're going to do it. I don't know. The Ravens in the AFC Championship between a three and a three and a half point favorite at home against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Pretty low total, 44 and a half. Obviously, the Ravens defense has been exceptional this year. Kind of like your first thought, you found out the matchup, the market open. It's three, three and a half, 44 and a half. What was the first thing that you thought about? Yeah, my first impression is you're just simply not going to get that three and a half for very long is what I thought. And and so that that's made some sense. Um I wouldn't be surprised if this is exactly where it closed. Um, I was texting a few friends yesterday and I was like, look, this is maybe the best player in NFL history and you're going to get him at plus three, minus 120 or better, three consecutive games. <laughs> and so, you know, do with that information what, you're, what, you, what you will. Uh, but yeah, this Ravens team, um, you know, I thought C.J. Stroud played a great game on on Saturday, and it didn't matter one bit um, because that defense is so swarming. Uh, they had every gap covered. Uh, it, it, they're phenomenal. So um, if the Chiefs defend the run the way that they did yesterday against the Bills, this game will not be a contest. Uh, so the Chiefs have to improve there. Um, they they The adjustments in the second half by Spagnuolo were phenomenal, but they have to come out and play defense the way that they play defense in the second half or else – it's not going to matter. Um, the only the only leak is the fact that I don't think Lamar Jackson, you know, is, you know, I think he's a good passer. I don't think he's a great passer. And the Chiefs' pass defense is phenomenal. So that's the one leak they have. Patrick Mahomes has to play, I think, you know, error-free football. Uh, and they almost played error-free football yesterday. They went almost the entire first half without a penalty. They went all the way until that McCole Hardman fumble before turning the ball over. Uh, they'll have to play, I think, another clean game uh, you know, to even have a chance in this one. Um, but I, I can't lay the points with Baltimore. So uh, it, it's sort of that, like, you know, that that trap. I, I make the game, you know, about two and a half. Uh, so, so if anything, it's Kansas City. But uh, I do have a ton of respect for Baltimore. They're incredibly well-rounded uh, and they're healthy uh, going into this one. I think they get Marlon Humphrey back. Do you think you'll end up betting the Chiefs in the game? I, I think that's the only side to be on, yeah. Okay, and when we'll see how the point spread market moves throughout the week. You better you better here with Nick and Ken, Magnificent Football Monday, joined by our guest Eric Eager from Sumer Sports, one of our favorites on Twitter at Eric Eager underscore. All right, so Eric telling you Chiefs or nothing at the current market price in the AFC title game on the road at Baltimore. Eric, let's get your thought on the the NFC championship game in San Francisco. And this market's on the move right now, right now. And our show sponsor, BetMGM, where it's now San Francisco. Uh, the point spread is San Francisco minus seven, juice towards Detroit. Had been six and a half, juice towards San Francisco. So we're in between the zone, right? In between six and a half and seven with the Niners being favored, obviously. We don't know the status of Niners star receiver Debo Samuel. I think Adam Schefter deemed it 50-50 earlier today that Debo plays in the NFC Championship game. Total in the game is 51. What's your initial handicap here coming up of the Lions and the Niners? on Sunday in the Bay. Yeah, I think you have to look over here um, until it gets is as long as you're getting a flat 51, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, check the weather reports, of course, uh, as the as the the week progresses. Um, but I think this is going to constantly go between seven and six and a half with the uh, the minus 115s on both sides. Um, because again, like this is going to a lot of it's going to depend upon Debo Samuel. I was I was watching the game on, on Saturday. It's just like the Niners are the crazy team where no team is more dependent on one non-quarterback injury than the Niners are. And, and that's just the way that they are. Kittle gets hurt. 
you know, McCaffrey gets hurt, Trent Williams gets hurt, and now you, Debo Samuel gets hurt, and the point spread moves, you know, substantially. And 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 that's not, you know, the the Chiefs are not that way, right? If you know Kelsey, Kelsey's you know important, and obviously Rasheed Rice is important, but you know the Mahomes is the is what stirs the drink. It's just so magnified for the Niners. And so that's that's really what you have to, you know, hang your hat on here. I also think that we saw, you know, a lot of this 49ers team's weaknesses on on Saturday or yeah, Saturday night, where, you know, this is a different 49ers team with the offensive line is Trent Williams and a lot of guys that are a little bit more suspect than normal. And the San Francisco defense, you know, Traverius Ward's phenomenal. But that secondary is more suspect than normal without guys like Jimmy Ward and without, you know, uh, you know, players like that. And so, uh, you know, look at Frank Rag now, make sure that he's healthy. Um, you know, San Francisco didn't get a ton of pressure, uh, at, you know, as they usually do. But, yeah, I think at plus seven, you have to like Detroit. I think at six and a half, obviously, you have to lay off. But I, I think Detroit's going to be live in this game. Okay. I feel like we might hear a little bit of that later in the show. And not and not from me. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes when we talk about the NFC Championship. Game. You might have a you might have a friend here. Yeah, to my to my right and the and the screens left over here, Eric. Uh, we have a, a couple minutes left, and you know sometimes we get to the final four in the NFL. Sometimes you feel like all four teams can win the Super Bowl. Sometimes you feel like we're like destined for a certain matchup. Sometimes you feel like there's one dominant team, and that's what it's going to be. Feels like three this year, and I'm not trying to be insulting to Detroit. Just it'd be really tough to win two straight games against these teams. But I think you could make a really impassioned case for all three of the other teams to like very easily win these two games and win the Super Bowl. Just how do you see this playing out the rest of the way? Like, give us kind of fill out your four team bracket here. Who wins the two games coming up on Sunday, and what's your most likely Super Bowl champion right now in about a minute? Yeah, I I think you go. I mean, I think chalk is is Baltimore, San Francisco, and then a really, you know, I, I think you'd make San Francisco a really small favorite in the Super Bowl. In fact, there was one book that came out with them as a pick'em, uh, and then there was some money on San Fran. I, I think if you gave me Baltimore as a small underdog in the Super Bowl, I'd take them. Um, so that that's how I go. I, I think Baltimore should, you know, I, I would I would go slightly to Baltimore here, um, just so that I'm not completely chalk. Uh, but Kansas City, to your point, uh, Ken, is really live. I, I think Kansas City is really live. Um, you need Patrick Mahomes in on the most complete team he's ever played on. Uh, at, you know, as a as a dog twice uh, to me seems like a really fun wagering experience. Eric, uh, we got about thirty. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, he's it. right, yeah. and and I yeah. and I look forward to having fun and doing that coming up this weekend. Eric, we have about thirty seconds here. Besides for the games coming up on Sunday, what's the one thing that you're most excited for coming up in this like time on the NFL calendar? Could be a coach hiring or something else. Not the games. Anything else? Thirty seconds. Get yourself a Pro Football Focus subscription. Look at the All Star Game rosters. Go to a PPH. And bet the college all-star games. They are soft. Wow. All right. All right, then. Well, Okay. There was a lot of inside baseball there, but I think people got the idea. I think people got the idea there. (laughs) Here's my hope is that I I know my co-host, and now I feel like Ken will do this work. And hopefully we'll just share it with me, and I just get, like, to coast to victory. That that is my (laughs) hopes to how this is going to go. Eric, we appreciate it, my friend. On Twitter, at Eric Eager underscore. Check out the Sumer Sports website. Great write-ups of the games. Eric does a lot of good stuff there. And the Sumer Sports football show. Good luck with the bets. Enjoy Championship Sunday. And we will talk to you, Eric, to break down Super Bowl 58 in the weeks to come. You guys are the best. Take care. Yes, we are.
and Eric's pretty awesome. Fifty eight. That's crazy. It, 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 oh God, it makes, makes me feel a little old. On the other side, we'll turn our attention for the first time today to a non-football sport. We'll talk some NBA. We'll get some bets for tonight with our friend Alex Christensen, a.k.a. Noobs. Durant is 16 of 22 from the field tonight. Booker, five to shoot. Durant for three. 40 for Kevin Durant. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Courtesy of the call goes to our friends at Bally Sports. Kevin Durant, 40 points yesterday against the Indiana Pacers, uh, leading the Suns to a 117-110 victory. Phoenix's fifth straight win as the Suns' big three may be starting to put it all together a little bit. Uh, second half of a back-to-back coming up tonight for the Suns against your Chicago Bulls. Can the Suns cover that game? Uh, What about NBA MVP and some of the other award markets? Our pal Alex Christensen will join us in just a moment, talking all things betting on the association. For our live audience, though, in 20 minutes, Ken and I will start our breakdown of Championship Sunday in the National Football League, our initial takes on the Chiefs and the Ravens, side in total, and then we'll talk about the Lions and the 49ers from San Francisco. Drew Dinsick still to come, Jason Sobel still to come, Power Hour Final Hour will feature all our bets for tonight but joining us right now is the aforementioned alex christensen the star of ftn bets and bets us you got to check out his show hoops with noops which is sensational and i love the name and he is on twitter at underscore noops which is a spoon backwards noops welcome back to you better you bet you're looking good you got a haircut he looks great so you're looking good my friend great to have you back on the show how's it going it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. The NBA is chugging along. And I just have taken every opportunity today to say I'm sorry to Bills fans. It's not your fault. I mean, I guess it's not their fault. But I just, you know, just uh, when winners play losers, usually winners win and losers lose. That's unfortunately usually how it goes. And I used to root for some I, really I, losing teams. I love the last 20 seconds of the show, which was Noob saying, Bills fans, I'm sorry for you. And then you had Ken Barkley just basically throwing salt in your wounds. That was, that was a yeah. nice little dichotomy. I mean, I, yeah, I, I hear you, but also, like, this is just the way I just, you know, like, Rip, I was a kid. Like, I was a Red Sox fan. They were, like, the, lose, the most losers, losingest 50 years, say 70 years imaginable. Um, and then they didn't. So maybe for the Bills fans, maybe the next few years will be really good. Uh, we'll do, like, some big picture stuff. Noob's in a second. We played the Suns highlight there. They are kind of like becoming an interesting team, starting to win a little bit more. Maybe they challenge the Clippers for the division. Like obviously a thought on the game tonight. There are five and eh, about between five and five and a half at home against the Bulls. I know you have a bet on that game. And also just like Phoenix in general. Is this a team you want to buy? Is this a team that you like a little bit more in the postseason now? Now that we've kind of seen these three guys a couple times. It's a tough team to buy on because the market rating's been high on them all year and it continues to be very high. Uh, they've really struggled to cumber, cover spreads. And, uh, you know, you start to look, the last seven games, they won five of them, only covered two. I think they only have uh, four or five covers in, if you go back to their last 25 games. So, again, what that tells me again is it, don't just blindly fade the Suns, but the market rating again on them is still really high. All those futures prices, um, just pulling up those quickly from our friends at BetMGM. But, uh, you you look on the outright winner um the suns are plus 1300 that's in the same neighborhood as a team um you know like the 76ers that have a little easier path in um the eastern conference if you look at some of the conference odds 
you know, they're plus 600. That's finally started to fall out a little bit, but it is. It's hard to buy on this team as good as they are offensively. The defense really struggles, and I don't like them tonight. It's a little bit of a tough rest spot, three and four, back-to-back. Both of those games were at home, but I think this Bulls team continues to be a little underrated. Without Zach Levine, you pull Alex Caruso into the starting lineup. That improves the defense. Offensively, Caruso obviously not as good of a scorer as Levine, but moves the ball and is a great shooter. So there's going to be more space, more people involved. And again, just having him in more minutes in a game where there is Bradley Beal and Booker, he's capable of guarding both of them. Really like this matchup for Chicago. I think this is actually tonight a good spot to sell a little bit on Phoenix. I played the Bulls plus five, so five and a half sounds great. All right, so Noobs on the Chicago Bulls tonight against the Phoenix Suns, Phoenix winners of five consecutive games. Uh, Noobs is a Philly guy, for people that don't know, and just mentioned his Philadelphia 76ers. So, Noobs, this can be, you know, a bigger picture conversation on your Sixers. You can you can kind of weave MVP in here, and it was uh, one week ago today that Ken Barkley came on the show and said, uh, Joel Embiid's MVP price is nine, and it shouldn't be. Now the co-favorite in the market along with Nikola Jokic. Doesn't mean he's going to win, but that was a pretty prescient comment by Ken last week on the show. So Embiid and Jokic now the co-favorites at plus 200 at BetMGM. Noobs, uh, are you allowing yourself to believe in the 76ers here and thoughts on most valuable player? I am. I've got snuckered in again. I'm ready to believe in the 76ers. Uh, Joel Embiid, I couldn't really believe that he could play better basketball than he did last season. He has been better in just about every way, shape, or form. He looks to be in better shape now. My only concern with him from an MVP perspective is that missed games requirement. He's got to play 65 games. I believe he's missed eight or nine, which means he only has about seven or eight to miss the rest of the season. And it's just tough. Uh, given what we know about his knee, it seems like that right knee, that swelling condition is something that he's going to need to take some time off and get surgery. It doesn't look like he's going to do that this season, but I think it's going to cause him to continue to miss games, especially later in the year. And I wonder what happens. You know, again, let's say there's not a big injury where he clearly needs to miss a couple weeks. What happens to the Sixers organization later in the year? Are they going to push him and possibly risk his health for the postseason so he does have a chance at MVP? I think it's a really tough spot to be in, and I think you guys did a great job. Again, grab that plus 900. That's really important to read the timing of the market. You've got a lot of equity there, but I look at this, and it just I just feel like I didn't bet enough on Jokic before the season. I had him plus 450, uh, plus 400 a couple times. The Nuggets, some of their pricing is finally starting to come into um you know closer to where i have it from a futures perspective but i still see value in a lot of those so uh, the sixers overall i haven't bet them to win the title yet that number is hasn't really moved too much i think i'll probably just be looking at them to bet them in playoff series i think that they'll still be underdogs to boston and i, I you guys know how much i love faith in the celtics so uh, no bets for me but a lot of 76 sixers optimism yeah i feel like i got a lot of optimism too and then and then they're gonna like play the celtics in the second round again and i don't I don't know if I have any optimism on that. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Is Embiid healthy in the game? Just to like a, a little more on MVP news, because like I, I agree with you. Like I look at the pricing right now and I go, all right, like what's what's la- what's there to do? Like what's left? Like it feels like this order is at least like close. Just I think a, a thing that'll be a sticking point for a lot of people who bet or who just like care about who wins the award. To be fair, a lot of people just care who wins. It's like a big deal for people, whether their guy wins or not. Um, if he gets the 65 games, so if Embiid clears the the hurdle that's required to be eligible for both all NBA and MVP, if he gets the 65, do you think he just wins? And for you, it's like, does he get to the 65? Or do you think there's a realistic path for someone else, even if Embiid gets to the 65 games? It's kind of like, if you play it out both ways, what conclusion would you come to? 
Yeah, I think kind of the best way to answer that question is, assuming that everybody plays 65 games, I have this a pretty tight race between Embiid and Jokic. I look down here, you know, maybe Doncic can have a really great second half of the season. Uh, maybe Giannis can find a way to get this Bucks team to start winning games by big numbers. But those are the only two guys that I really see that, that could possibly sneak in. Shea Gilders-Alexander's plus 350. Just bet the Thunder to be the one seed. That's close to plus 300. That's basically the same bet. I think it's going to be a lot easier. So, uh, like you said, can I have and beat Jokic very close if they both play 65 games? I think it's a pretty much a toss up. But again, you got to layer in the questions for Embiid. So uh, as much as I think you guys did a great job grabbing plus 900, having him the same price as Jokic doesn't make sense to me. Okay. Yeah. And obviously, like, he's got to play the games. Like, you just we got a lot of back to backs left. Like, you just, you know, he steps wrong once. Like, the whole thing kind of goes up in smoke. The other Sixer award that I wanted to ask you about, uh, even if you don't have a strong opinion on it, I don't know about you. Like, I, I feel really puzzled sometimes. We're halfway through the year, and I, I don't have a good set. We've had no polling. Even the midseason content's been really lame, or not everyone's writing it or anything. So we just we don't have a good idea, I feel like, of where anybody's at in some of these really ancillary award markets that are a little tougher to figure out. And a guy on your team, Tyrese Maxey, has been a really big favorite to win most improved player basically the entire season. Now, part of that could be because the other candidates are so – off-putting and they're just none of them are particularly good and scotty barnes hasn't played well since the trade so it's kind of like all right here's maxi at a really big price here's alperin shangun and you know plus 350 kind of that second choice range and then a bunch of oh my god like who would it even be do you do you feel as confident as the market or more that maxi really is going to win most improved player at the end of the season I say this very nervously as someone that invested very heavily in Maxi MIP before the season. I think that he deserves to be this big of a favorite, possibly more. And it comes down to one really big factor that it was going to come into play in a month. Shen Kuhn is probably not going to make the all-star team. He's not. There's too many forwards in the West. He's not going to garner enough of the fan vote. Maybe the coaches kind of give him some consideration. Maybe there's some sort of group of players that can't play or don't want to play and he ends up in but if maxi makes the all-star team which it's out it seems like he is he's getting a lot of attention for that and again it's it's tough i live in philadelphia i see a lot of that stuff but even nationally um you know zach lowe did a podcast the other day i forget with whom but had both of those guys had Maxi and basically as comfortable all-stars. And that's where this really starts to spread out. Shangun's not probably not going to be an all-star. Maybe Scotty Barnes is, uh, you know, Tyrese Halliburton will be an all-star, but there just doesn't seem to be the same support for him to be most improved since he's already so good. And again, with some of the injury concerns there, Siakam will take away a little bit of usage and attention. So as nervous as it is to say, and I think Maxi deserves to be minus 250, possibly even a little deeper. Yeah, I have a hard time disagreeing with that. Uh, I have to ask you about another. I just, this is like selfish because I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with these awards. And I have like friends of mine or like other people that bet being like, hey, what are you doing with this? And I have to be like, I have no idea. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing with this. And so most improved is definitely one that, that you hit on there. Like, is it just maxi and that's it? And you you bridge jump at some point and you just bet a lot of money on them. What, what is your, and this can be a, a terrible guess. I have a terrible guess about this too. Who do you think is going to win sixth man of the year at the end of the It seems like the answer right now is nobody. It seems like the answer is zero people. They're just going to not give out the award. Nobody makes any sense. Everyone has 25 flaws. Tim Hardaway Jr. is like telling Jason Kidd he wants to start now. He's the big favorite in the market. Like, I, what are we supposed to do here? What's your best guess? Who wins sixth man of the year at the end of the season? 
Yeah, I don't know if the people got to see me react to that question or heard the noise I made, but I was really hoping you weren't going to ask me groan. that because I have a groan and a grunt. No it's idea. A combination. Yeah. No, no clue. I mean, Hardaway Jr. is the favorite. I guess that makes sense. Six Man of the Year is one of those awards where there really is an archetype, and it's a guard that comes off the bench and scores a lot of points for a really good team. That's Tim Hardaway Jr. It's also Malik Monk. It's kind of Jordan Clarkson. I would kind of love Jordan Clarkson randomly winning for some reason so we could talk about him and Lou Williams as the greatest six man for the rest of our lives, but I have no idea. Absolutely none, Ken. I mean, I flipped through this. Maybe Mathurin again gets some run. I think Nas Reed should be a candidate for this, but again, just doesn't fit that archetype. He's 25 to 1. I would take maybe a swing on something like that. Austin Reeves is probably going to end up starting too many games you know, to end up really getting much consideration for this. So I'm with you, Ken. This is kind of a mess of a market. I think Nas Reed, again, is the best value, but I have no idea. It could be any of the names on the list that I'm looking at right now. I totally agree with you. Even like the midseason content, you read like who everyone picks and just go, man, I thought I had a bad idea. And these are even dumber than I thought in terms of like who everyone's. I mean, it's really, I don't think anybody has any clue right now, but what, even what they're going to vote for at the end of the year. I want to ask you about one more award here in about a minute. And then Nick will ask you about bets for tonight. Uh, Coach of the year, the market and the midseason content produced so far kind of implies it's a two horse race between two teams at the top of the Western Conference and their coaches. Uh, now every time i say it nikolai always likes to call him dan yo because he thinks that that's how it should be pronounced uh the coach for the thunder and then chris finch the coach for the timberwolves they're the two big favorites market has it that way mid-season content says it's one two with both of them in either order do you agree with that here in about a minute I, I think I do. And again, it's one of those situations where nobody really stands out to me that much. Uh, and the Thunder were supposed to be good. I don't know if they were supposed to be, you know, a 70% win team. Uh, again, the Timberwolves were supposed to be good. W were they supposed to be a 70% win team? I don't know. So th that kind of makes sense to me. As you go a little further down the list, I don't think the Pacers are going to end up being good enough for Rick Carlisle to get enough consideration. Um, you know, Nick Nurse is interesting with the Sixers, but I don't see them finishing with the one seed, which is probably what it takes. And the further you get down the list, I thought maybe you don't had a chance early on but the Rockets have really fallen off so uh, there's just not another name that, that really sticks out to me as someone that's doing a great job or someone that has a team that could really turn around and make the late push to pick up the votes you're going to need so I think it does end up being either you know Dagnall or Finch. All right, so Noobs, you told us to start the interview that you like the Chicago Bulls to cover the spread tonight against the Phoenix Suns. What else are you eyeing tonight? Side, total, or props Monday night in the association? Yeah, a couple things. The other side I like, and I kind of teed this up earlier, I love betting against the Celtics, so let's do it tonight. Uh, this is a tough spot for them. Three and four back-to-back. -back. They're on the road. Drew Holiday is questionable. Kristaps Porzingis is already out. The Mavericks are completely healthy. And everything about this spot screams Mavericks. The Celtics looking ahead possibly to Miami on Thursday. I was able to get a three and a half before the Porzingis news. I don't think this line moved enough, really, um, on him being out. So plus two and a half from our friends at BetMGM looks really nice. Um, I just really like that spot for the Mavericks here. And then a couple quick props. Um, was going through those quickly before the show. A couple three-point props I really like tonight. Jalen Suggs with the Orlando Magic. You can get him over one and a half threes. That's a nice number at MGM. Nas Reed, who I mentioned a second ago, he's over one and a half. If you can get over two and a half threes, looks really nice. And De'Aaron Fox, um, again, another guy. You're looking at over two and a half threes, maybe a little bit juicy there. But um, just seeing some numbers that I really like. All three of those guys should see a lot of attempts tonight in fast-paced games. I think those are all really good bets. But, yeah, in terms of big, big game stuff, Bulls plus five and a half. Mavericks really plus anything. Noobs, we appreciate it. Great job on the show, as per usual, on Twitter at underscore Noobs, FTN Bets and Bets US. And check out the show, Hoops.
with noobs. Uh, stay well, buddy. Enjoy, and we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. And Ken, sorry to bring up Boston Red Sox memories. I didn't mean to trigger you. No, no, no it's, it's all good now. All they did was win. Yeah, they won 19 World Series. It's okay. They, they, think it's they won a bunch of titles, and then I stopped being a fan of the team, and I just bet on games now. That's, that's, all, that's we're, we're all good. Uh, it's all good. But I, just mean, honestly, like, I know what that feels like. Growing up, somebody growing up with Bills fans right now, I know what that feels like. Yes, except except you won, and they never will. Or have well, yeah, but it's, at least. the future is bright. You know, who knows what's going to happen? New coach. Yeah, with yeah with Sean McDermott, it's great. On the other side, our initial preview of Championship Sunday in the NFL. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Realistically, need at least twenty-five yards. Love. Pressure up the middle, runs away, throws across his body, and that is picked. 49ers have it. Greenlaw still up. He needs to get down. Greenlaw still on his feet. He's got to go down. Just go down, and the go game's down. over. San Francisco takes over. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Hey, Greg Olson, shut up. Some of us need to catch the over, and some of us like Go, laying Dre. nine and a half or ten with San Go. Francisco. Like, keep going, Score. Dre. Keep going. Keep going, yeah. Dre. Like, that's, can we get, like, I, I understand, like, Greg Olson doesn't, like, shouldn't gamble. He, like, can, any reference whatsoever to this? Anything? Anything that, like, people were screaming at their television one way or yeah. another at the end of the game? Anything, guys? Uh, anyway. Uh, 49ers end up winning the game, and it goes under, and the Packers covered. So <laughs> I was a big, fat loser uh, on Saturday night with San Francisco and Green Bay, or Olsen and Burkhardt with the call. Great stuff from Noops in the last segment. The Whale Capper will join us coming up next hour on the show. Jason Sobel in the Power Hour. And uh, I, I'm excited. I kind of want to hear Ken and Tyler talk a little bit about this golf tournament as well. Uh, it starts on Wednesday yeah. this week, and Ken and I are off tomorrow. It's been a very eventful last couple of weeks betting on golf, which I know... Most people have not been paying attention to because, you know, it's been the NFL playoffs. But a lot yeah, going on right now in the world of golf. Saving yourself like a lot a, of money. Like, 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 a, like, a, like a 12-year-old won this tournament yesterday. And not that, I don't even try to be disrespectful. Like a 20-year-old college sophomore won sophomore the tournament yesterday. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really crazy. Oh. One of those stories where, like, man, this is an awesome story that I would totally appreciate if I didn't have Sam Burns for, like, $50,000. Like, great. <laughs> like, sounds neat. Yeah, just, I, yeah. I got to tell you, man, like, when I was a sophomore in college, I was, like, getting stoned, eating, like, Kennedy fried chicken, playing PlayStation <laughs> 2. Like, this dude's, like, w winning the winning the American Express or whatever the golf tournament was this yeah. weekend. Just, like, these two things the are Amex. not the same. The MX. Yeah. MX. All right. Uh, so all sorts of good stuff still to come, including our bets for tonight. But right now, it's time to talk Championship Sunday. And listen, like we know the Chiefs and the Ravens are the first game, but Chiefs-Ravens is the actual main event of the day. So we'll get to that a little later in the show, which means we will begin with the Lions and the 49ers in San Francisco with the Championship Sunday edition on a magnificent football Monday of P-squared, B-squared. When an entire slate of games awaits, there's only one thing to do. Get out your pens. Get out your pencils. Get out your b blood? Does this really say blood? And get out your blank. 
No, seriously, blank is an option, and it's not a bleeped out curse word. And so is blood, apparently. Blood is a thing? It's pen, pencil, blood, or blank on You Better You Bet. Here's Nick and Ken. All right, we begin, Ken, with the NFC Championship game, which is, which is, uh, which is what I just said. And the, uh, the betting market right now, obviously, and it will be dependent on whether like Debo Samuel plays in the game or not. Kyle Shanahan addressing the news media like a little while ago, saying that like Debo could play in the game, does not have a fractured shoulder, so it's possible that Debo will play. We won't know until a little later in the week whether or not Debo Samuel will be available for the 49ers. Obviously, he matters a lot, and I wrote this in our chat earlier. I don't know if it's quite like this stark, but he kind of feels like the offensive TJ Watt in that when Watt doesn't play for the Steelers, they're a dramatically different team. When covered like less often, it kind of feels like it's similar at least when Debo Samuel doesn't play for the 49ers. Obviously, Watt is a more impactful player than Samuel is, but just like he, he obviously really matters. So Ken, where we stand right now, San Francisco is minus seven at BetMGM, but the seven is way juiced towards Detroit. It feels like we're going to operate in this zone for a while this week. Um, San Francisco in between six and a half and seven at home. Total of the game is 51. And the one piece of Detroit injury news, and it's good for the Lions here, it looks like they will have their starting center as an absolute stud. Frank Ragnow, Ian Rappaport of NFL Media tweeting about an hour ago that Ragnow is expected to play in the NFC Championship game. And obviously, if you're saying he's expected to play on Monday and the game is Sunday, Day, probably going to be pretty likely that the dude uh, laces up and ends up playing in the game. So, Ken, initial thoughts, NFC Championship game, Detroit and San Francisco. Uh, I know you have, like, a banger, strong opinion on this game, so I won't be quite as long-winded maybe as I normally am. Um, I have something I'm hoping for in terms of how this market takes shape. I don't really want to bet into the market at 7-51. and 51. I don't have a really strong opinion that it's going to play out differently than that a lot of the time. Uh, what I am really curious to see this week, knowing that Ragnow is playing now too, is that there's really only one piece of news left to go, and it's Debo, which is a huge deal. And I'm not like I'm going to say what I, I'm going to say, and like I understand that he matters a lot, and they did a good job on the telecast on Saturday night pointing out like the splits when he's on and off the field with an injury and how poorly they played. Um, I. I think the Niners are going to score like a billion points in this game. And I think it's really likely that the perception of last week's game is maybe combined with a Samuel injury going to really get baked into this market to like an aggressive degree. And I think the fact that it's even between six and a half and seven kind of tells you that like that's happening a little bit already. So my hope, honestly, is to get a discount on the Niners in the game. I don't know if I'm going to get it and I don't know if Samuel's going to play. I'm also curious where the market goes if he does play. So I think like how I'm looking at this right now, I, my best guess, not like a medical opinion, just having we do this every single week on the show with injuries, uh, I don't think he's going to play. And I think what's going to happen is uh, a lot of people are going to be attracted to the Lions because of how poorly Brock Purdy played and how poorly the Niners played and the fact that Debo Samuel is out. I think that's going to cause the market to move in the direction of Detroit. And that can be predictive and correct, I just disagree with it. And I think that a lot of Purdy's performance last week was entirely about the conditions. And you can say like, he's a wuss and he should play better and whatever, wear a glove, whatever. He's who he is. And I think who he is is he really sucks when it's raining and he's the best player in the league quarterback wise in this offense. Not that he's like the best player, but in this offense, he's the best when it's sunny outside and the weather forecast Wuss is outstanding. Tough, man. 
well, I just, I'm just saying, like people saying that. I, but I think, <laughs> I think when it's like, well, it's about the rain, and be like, oh, well, it shouldn't be about the rain. Like he's like that. He that I guess he's not Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he's not those. Also, who cares? Like it's also anyone out, ever watched the quarterback on the other side yeah. in the elements? Also, the quarterback yeah, on the just, other team yeah. playing in this right. game. So I just, uh, I think you get a really like a, a surprisingly good offensive performance, even if Samuel does not play. I would really be looking for an under seven discount on the Niners. And uh, I'm happy to, there's no need for me to get in right now then, if that's the case, because I think we're headed for negative injury news for them. And so for now, nothing, no position on the game. It's 751, uh, drops like six, Debo's out. Here's juice six and a half lions. Here's six at game time, shove like Niners, Niners to the moon at that point. And, uh, and we'll see if it plays out that way. Let's play, let's play this out for a second in terms of the point spread. And this can be a guess in pencil. Yeah. Debo Samuel plays in the game. Like Wednesday, we get a report that it's trending like Debo's going to play or Harbaugh or uh, uh, Shanahan says that he expects Debo to play in the game. He's going to practice, whatever. What do you think it closes at if Debo plays coming up on Sunday for San Francisco? Seven, 7.25. You got to pay more for Between seven, seven for Detroit. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. For what it's worth, uh, Nick and Ken here on You Better You Bet, I agree with you that I don't think Debo's going to play in the game. We've kind of seen this play out with Debo over the years, and I think if you're San Francisco, and we were talking about this off-air, Ken, I don't think, like, the conversation would ever be, hey, like, we think we can beat Detroit, like, without him, so we're going to hold him out here and get him healthy. I think the conversation is almost, like, we can't beat Baltimore or Kansas City if we don't have him. Um, so I think maybe like that's the risk that you run and you kind of like you roll the dice a little bit against Detroit if it's like 50-50 because if he gets hurt in that game and San Francisco wins, I I don't think they can beat Kansas City or Baltimore without Debo Samuel in the Super Bowl and that's obviously the ultimate goal of this team. So I'm with you and we're, we're both of us are willing to be wrong. We're, this is not like we're guaranteeing we're going to be right that Debo's not going to play. I would guess also that Debo Samuel's not going to play in the game. Now I've teased Ken throughout the show your boy's got a kind of like a rational feeling about how this game's going to play. Yeah, I know. You were like shaking earlier. You're like really, you're really big on this. You're convinced. I, uh, and I want to start with the Detroit Lions quarterback here. And just like weather-wise here, we think that this is going to be like an all-clear type of situation here. Maybe a little bit of yeah, rain in the forecast. positive. No, I'd say like better than all-clear. Like a good, like good weather. Like warm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think Jared Goff's going to play awesome in the game. I think Goff is going to play really well. I expect the Lions offense to move the ball on this 49ers defense. And, you know, it didn't, like, totally come to roost because, you know, Green Bay only scored 21 points. Jordan Love threw a couple picks in a big spot. But I, I even said to you last weekend, like, I like the Steve Wilkes Niners defense, like, the defense is good. I'm not saying the Niners defense is bad. But this isn't, like, D'Amico Ryan's call on the defense or Bobby Sala call on the defense. I, I just don't think it's the same defense. I don't, I don't think it's as good. And we saw Jordan Love kind of carve them up, and then Green Bay had the red zone ineptitude, or else, like, Green Bay probably is playing on championship. Sunday um, on the road in Detroit. And Goff's playing really well. Goff has gotten to a Super Bowl before, and I'm not saying he would play well if and when the Lions got to a Super Bowl here. But I certainly think Jared Goff can play well in this game with Ben Johnson cooking something up here against the San Francisco 49ers defense. So I think Jared Goff's going to play really well. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to play really well. Amon Ross St. Brown is a big-time player. I think Detroit's going to be able to score, Ken, in this game. And I think that they're going to be live in this game for something that a reason that you brought up last week, and I think you're 100% right. 
I think this will be a game where you have the Lions as an underdog. That's how they feel comfortable. I think it's how Dan Campbell feels comfortable coaching as an underdog. I think he's going to be really aggressive. He's going to let it all hang out. They're going to roll the dice. Maybe they run a fake punt. They're going to go for it on a bunch of fourth downs. And on the other side, like here's Tucker Carlson, typer conservative. He's going to turtle in the big spots. He's going to play to win the game, not like to cover the spread. And God bless him for doing it. And I think like... I guess like it could it could go poorly. The Lions could get none of the fourth down conversions right, and San Francisco could blow them out. I think Detroit's going to be live in the game, and I think the quarterback Ken is going to play well enough. I think he's going to go over his passing yards prop, which opened in the two fifties. I like that to go over. Jameer Gibbs combined rushing receiving yards opened at like sixty nine and a half. No way, way over. He's the second best running back in the league right now. The only running back's better that's better plays on the other team in this game. In Christian McCaffrey. I love Detroit's offense to score in this game. Uh, I do, Ken, think San Francisco's going to win. Give me the Detroit Lions to keep the game close, though. I bet a little seven last night, and uh, we'll readdress this moving forward over the course of the week, depending on Debo Samuel, whether or not he plays in the game. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about this game on the other side. We'll get Ken's thoughts on the total, and then we will begin our preview of the AFC Championship game with the Chiefs and the Ravens. We'll also talk next hour with the whale capper, Drew Dinsick. Hour number three on the other side, Nick and Ken here on a Monday. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.